Welcome to A Younger Voice, your essential youth guide to politics. I'm your host, Benjamin Glover. In light of New Jersey Senator Bob Mendendez's recent indictment on charges of corruption, several Democrats have stepped up to challenge him. Joining us today is one of those Democrats. He's joining to discuss his message for young voters uh, in New Jersey, and here's that now. I'm here with Kyle Jacey. Who's running for who's running to be New Jersey's next US Senator? He's a real estate lender and father from South Orange. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on, Kyle. Thanks for having me. So usually, you know, most episodes we uh, give our candidates an opportunity to give their stump speech, a little bit of their background. Uh, do you want to share that with us? Sure. Uh, I mean, I didn't really have anything prepared, but, but I mean, what I would say is. Uh, you know, I got into this race. I decided to challenge Bob Menendez because I'm a lifelong resident of New Jersey. And, you know, after watching the last election cycle, how nobody had the guts to stand up and challenge him, um, I just felt someone needed to do something and kind of show that this was unacceptable behavior, that people of New Jersey deserve better. And so I waited and I, I gave other um, more established politicians an opportunity to step in and, and to to see if someone else wanted to challenge him when no one did I just said okay fine like better me than no one and so that's why I'm still here today and uh, I plan to see this thing through to the end great um yeah so uh, if that's what you'd like to share then I uh, I, I guess we'll move on to the uh, the questions here um sure Roughly one in five voters in New Jersey are under the age of 30. Uh, what would you say is your message to them? I would say, you know, get involved in whatever capacity, whether it's locally, statewide, federal. Um, I think we don't hear enough of the young voices in politics, and I think it's really uh, important. I think it's a really important perspective, especially with things changing so fast with artificial intelligence and technology. I mean, my, my wife's only a little bit younger than me and she's so much more adept at these sorts of things. Mm. And so I just think it's a perspective that we probably don't hear enough from. And so I think that young people should not be deterred and should find ways to get involved. And, um, you know, I was involved some free 30 and I found it to be very rewarding. And I found um, the older people in the group they seem to really value my opinions as a young person, but there were not a lot of young people involved, you know, kind of with the, with the point you're making. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess, well, uh, you've indicated your support for military aid to Ukraine. Um, can you expand on your position on this a little bit, um, with regard to current events in Ukraine and, and elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's important to support the people of Ukraine. You know, they're, they're standing up to a brutal dictator and Vladimir Putin. And I think it's extremely admirable. And so I, I think that's why they've galvanized so much support from people around the world. Um, but I also I also feel that, that, you know, if there's an opportunity for peace, you know, at, at a price that the Ukrainians can accept, then I think we should do that, you know, because at the end of the day, demographically, Ukraine, it's not an enormous country. And I just don't want to see all of their young people maimed or killed off and the country have no future. So 
Um, I, I want to support them in, and I would support them, but also with an eye towards trying to end this conflict. So moving on a bit, uh, refocusing uh, more on your uh, position as a future senator, <laughs> uh, would you say you are in favor or against term limits for senators? It's an interesting question, I think. Um, I can see the argument for it. Um, I think, you know, power can have a corrupting influence, as people often, you know, mention. Um, it's tough, right? Because on the one hand, I think if you're doing something for a long time, you tend to get better at it. You tend to get more experience. So you, you want to have that sort of experience in Washington and the relationships and the ability to get things done. Um, but then on the flip side of it, you, you don't want people who become so powerful that no one can ever get them out. I mean, look at Bob Menendez, you know, it's, mm. it took this cartoonish, you know, indictment in these controversies to, to finally weaken this guy who everyone thought was corrupt. So, I mean, he is a pure example of, you know, someone just being in power too long and, you know, corrupt. Um, so I don't know, you know, I think maybe there's some middle of the road solution um, maybe you say you can do two terms and then you got to take a term off or something like that. I don't know if that would solve it, but I, I don't think, I don't think either way works perfectly well. So I think the solution is probably somewhere in the middle. So a sort of system where you would have two terms, you would force uh, incumbents to run non-sequentially. Yeah, maybe something like that. I mean, honestly, that's just off the top of my head. I don't know if that's right. You know, and maybe it's different in the House where the terms are, you know, obviously significantly shorter. But I think Americans on both sides of the aisle probably feel that there were presidential, uh, you know, presidents that they liked and they would have liked to have seen been able to run again. But they were, um, you know, they were term limited out. So, you know, I think you take four years, eight years off and then if that's the person that the people want again then i think maybe there should be an opportunity for that mm. so um sort of along the same track i want to ask you about age limits especially um in the context of the senate recently we've seen um we've seen that often uh very elderly senators have uh, difficulties executing their uh duties as senators so i want to ask you if you have an opinion regarding age limits for senators i mean i think a hard limit is a tough thing to say right it's like mm -hmm. i was just celebrating this weekend my grandmother's 99th birthday mm -hmm. and she is still just as lively as she was 20 30 years ago i mean she's right there with you so you know in that case you know it, it wouldn't be a good solution to to age limit her out um if there was a way to do some sort of a competency test or something, I think great. I just don't know how you do it. So I'd be open to hearing about that. I just, I don't have a solution for you because I do think people tend to age differently. And obviously, you know, aging is, it's a big, it's a big topic right now, but um, I don't know what the solution is. I, I think you, you have to have the flexibility to do it on a case by case basis. Yeah, absolutely. There is also the aspect of it, this is my personal opinion, but there's aspect of it that sure. at a core of our nation, we're a democracy. And if the people of Kentucky want to elect somebody who's very, very elderly, then that's their prerogative. 
Um, yeah. Whether or not that per, if we believe that person is capable, they're they were elected. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some parallels with the the term limit conversation as well. Absolutely, yeah. All right, great. So moving on to uh, back to you as a uh, senator, what would what do you believe uh, the first bill you'd want to introduce to the Senate is? I mean, if I could get anything done that I wanted to get done, probably the first thing I would do would be, uh, you know, universal health care, health care mm-hmm. for all, Medicare for all, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just, I deeply believe that uh, the right to health care is a fundamental human right, that if it can be provided, it should be provided. Um, you know, if you have a problem at your house, if someone's trying to break in, the police will come and protect you. If your house is on fire, then the firemen will come and, and save you and rescue your, your life and your family. And I just, I think healthcare should be the same thing. And with my job, I do, you know, real estate financing. So I, I talk to um, a lot of people that are trying to build real estate businesses or that have real estate investment businesses. And it's pretty common that sometimes, you know, when people will suffer bankruptcy, it's because of medical bills and it's just, you know, it, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I actually want to delve into that a little bit. Um, sure. Regarding your policy for universal health care, uh, could you explain to us a little bit more about your specific plan to implement uh, a universal health care system? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't have all the finer details of it. It probably looks something like Medicare for all. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think it has to be a priority, you know, in terms of the kinds of things that that actually threaten most Americans. It's like for me, I don't work for a large corporation, so I have to pay, you know, my insurance bill every month and family of four, you know, all healthy until I recently had some health issues due to COVID. But, you know, we pay almost two thousand dollars a month. It's it's insanely expensive. And so. What is the right way to do it? I don't know. But if we can figure it out in terms of Medicare, then we can figure it out for everyone. So whether it's a public option, Medicare for all, there has to be something. We have to bring down the cost. It's just, it's insane right now. And it Mm -hmm. hurts small business owners, myself, you know, who provide a lot of jobs in America. Absolutely. So um, moving on uh, to more of your motivations for running what motivated you very specifically to run for Senate this year? This year. So I've always been interested in public service. My, my mother is a politician has been for a long time. Um, and so it was always something that I thought I wanted to do. It's always something that, that interested me, you know, way of kind of um, being a part of the community, giving back to the community, however you want to call it. Um, so with this particular race, it really started about maybe five years ago. I was just kind of, you know, the Menendez trial had just wrapped and I just, it just deeply bothered me that this guy who seemed to be so openly corrupt was the guy that was representing my friends and my family members and my community. And I just, it disgust is probably too strong, but maybe not. It, it just really upset me that no one was willing to step up and run against this guy. And, you know, even if it was a kamikaze mission, just for the sake of saying that this is not right. And mm-hmm. 
as I've thought more about it and getting in, I do think, you know, I mean, especially now, now Menendez appears to have morally wounded himself. But from my perspective, you know, I can only control what I do. And I got into this to make sure that someone was opposing Bob Menendez and that, you know, there wouldn't be any backroom deals or anything where he still got to keep it. And so the only way that I can make sure of that is just by, you know, running my campaign, raising as much money as I can, doing everything I can to make sure that somebody will be contesting him. Yep, absolutely. And that actually segues me excellently into my next topic of discussion, which is the elephant in the room, uh, Senator Mendendez, uh, and his recent uh, scandal relating to bribery and the Egyptian government. So I want I want to give you an opportunity to address it as well as explain um I don't know, just explain your thoughts on it as not only as somebody who's running for Senate, but as a citizen of New Jersey who is currently being represented by Bob Menendez in the Senate. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an embarrassment for every citizen of New Jersey and the, you know, the broader citizenry of the United States. It's a joke that mm-hmm. a guy like this, so openly corrupt, um, has held this seat for this long. Um, I think I think he's kind of morally wounded himself with this. I don't think he's going to be able to come back from it. But when I first got into this, you know, people looked at me like I was crazy, you know, and it was just like, why would you want to take that on? It's just, you know, yeah, we all know he's corrupt. We all know he's an arrogant guy and this and that. Um, But he has $8 million in the bank and he has the support of all the party and he has this and that. And, you know, it seemed like an impossible task, but I just, you know, I just kind of felt a calling to run for it. And I said, you know, I'm going to listen to this voice. It's, it's been living in my head for the last five years. And, you know, if there's a small part or a big part that I can play in this, I, I'm, I'm going to see this thing through. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I answer your question? Oh, <laughs> no, absolutely. Yes, you did. Um, but I really want to move on here because... When we talk about this, we have to remember that the core of this race is the fact that we're selecting somebody who's not, you know, some, we're selecting somebody who is going to represent us. So I want to move on to th- the issues here, uh, specifically sure. gun control. So you've expressed your support for some gun control measures, but I want to delve more specifically into universal background checks. This is a question that I ask the candidates sometimes. Uh, would you ex- Would you support universal background checks federally? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. I think if, if you're buying a gun, we should know who you are and what oh, you've absolutely. done in your life. I just, that just feels obvious to me. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's pretty straightforward. Um, all right. Great. So moving back into, um, you know, the issues one of the biggest issues that is in the Senate right now is the filibuster. So I got to ask, would you vote to uh, remove the filibuster as a practice in the Senate? It's not something that I've thought a lot about, but it just kind of, it seems to me that if you have a majority, even if it's just a simple majority, that's how it was always kind of intended to work, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would not be fighting to hold on to the filibuster. I don't think I'd care. I think, you know, if you have the votes, that's it. 
and, and now they don't even make people filibuster anymore. I mean, at least in the past, we had the pageantry of it, you know, and now you can just threaten to do it and it yeah. shuts things down. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's it lodges a lot of these core issues that we talk about. We talk about universal background checks. We talk about green issues. We talk about uh, the you know voting rights legislation. And the problem is, is that because the Senate is so gridlocked right now because of the filibuster we it's basically impossible to progress you know progressive legislation without convincing moderate members to you know join the majority so it's 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 not a great system right now so i want to talk about green issues because we here at a younger voice aim to uh ask people about issues of care to young people and of course you know the earth is the number one issue in the end so I want to ask. The earth uh, to be here. <laughs> sorry, makes sense. I said, yeah, the Earth continuing to be here and be livable. It makes yeah. sense that you care about that. I uh, yeah. I I don't think that uh, Bob Mendez's uh, bribery scandal would matter too much if there was no Earth. <laughs> right. So yeah, I want to I want to move on specifically to green issues. I want to talk about your green policy. So, what would be your number one? uh policy bill uh you know legislative change something to further the uh further the protections for our earth further the protections for our earth um i mean i i would definitely continue to or push for more investing in renewable energy sources um i think it's tough right because I mean, for me, I consider myself to be an environmentalist, um, you know, and even in the sense of I love enjoying the outdoors, you know, it's like one of the most fun things for me in the last year is just that like my son, is he's like three and a half now. And so now he can fish, you know, and so it's great because I haven't been able to fish in years and I still can't do it, but I'm doing it with him. And so that's, you know, something and it's great. And just to see to see my own kids enjoy the outdoors is, is really great. And I hate the thought that there'd be anything that would change about that. Cause that's how I grew up. Um, mm -hmm. But to what you're, you're asking me, I think we need to, you know, continue to invest in green technologies, invest in the um, you know, the most promising green technologies, you know, enhanced battery power for the you know, solar um Nuclear might be a part of that plan. I, honestly, it's something that I want to learn more about, but I, I've heard that, especially these small nuclear generators that they're working on now that are in development, that they could plug in you know, very uh, seamlessly to the, some of these coal factories. Um, so I think it's really important. I think we should keep focusing on it. Um, but at the same time, I think we also have to be realistic. You know, it's like, if nuclear is a big part of that solution, um, then we need to look into that and make sure it's safe, but we need to press forward with that. You know, we need to kind of get over some of the ideas that maybe we've had in the past. Um, mm -hmm. If, you know, you live in, you know, Washington state, solar might not be the right green technology for you, you know, because there's no sunshine. So I think we have to be practical about it. And that's how I think we'll have the most progress. Mm-hmm. It's also um, it's also difficult to balance with the jobs. Um, for example, state yeah, of Texas, I, yeah, heavily relies yeah, on the I, fossil fuel industry. 
Yeah, and, you know, it's probably unpopular, but I don't think oil is not going anywhere for a while. We can't just switch to green technology. And when it does go, I think that the government should be doing all that it can to retrain people and helping them find new careers to the extent that we can, you know? Yeah, of course. All right, great. So um, now I'm going to move us into the lightning round here. So, okay. um, you know, short answers, short questions, pretty easy. Um, I've just got a couple here. What? Who is your most admired senator in history? Admired senator in history. Good question. Oh, past or present? Past or present. I mean, this is going to sound like an obvious one, but it's probably just coming to the top of my head. I mean, uh, I like certain aspects of how JFK carried himself, um, you know, his commitment to the people, uh, his uh, dignity and defeat at times. Um, there's a lot to be learned from that. But mm. I think it's difficult because senators and governors and elected officials they're all human beings right so these are we're all people and no one's going to be perfect so i think that you can admire certain aspects of a person while there are other things that you know maybe you don't find so favorable so Absolutely. i also i really liked bobby kennedy as well in some respects i liked him more um just because he seemed to really be a man of the people he seemed to be um, someone that was in it for the right reasons and to kind of have a lot of empathy. And so, uh, I don't know, off the top of my head, those, those two. Um, great. So um, last question here. Uh, what is your favorite thing about New Jersey? My favorite thing about New Jersey. So I'll give a couple if that's okay. Yeah, no, no worries. You got plenty of time. All right. Um, I really like the people here and there's a toughness and an intelligence to people in New Jersey that I really just respect and find interesting. I love going to parties and just meeting new people here. Even just when I go to the park at the end of the street where I live, you can hear a million different languages being spoken. My friend group is extremely diverse. It's just, it's really a lot of fun and very interesting. Um, you know, I also, I live right outside of New York City. And so it's a very international area. It's like when I meet people and I tell them I'm from New Jersey, they're like surprised. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I grew up 20 minutes away. Um, I also like the food. The food's terrific here. Uh, again, partially because of diversity, you just have a lot of types of food and there's a large enough community that you have like, competition you know it's if there's only one italian family then the food's going to be however good their food is but if you have a thousand italian families then you have competition and you know yeah. um so jersey's great food great people um we go to the beach a lot and so i i really like the beaches here i like that i can get to the beach in about an hour with my kids um so there's a real beach culture here that's a lot of fun too so mm -hmm. i enjoy just having days where i'll spend the morning in the city and then I'll shoot down uh, to, you know, the Jersey Shore, maybe Island Beach State Park, spend the day at the beach, and then come back and take my wife and kids out to dinner um, back in the city. Awesome. So, um, yeah. It's great. It, yeah. We, uh, we get a bad but, uh, but Jersey's, it's, it's a lot better than people think. <laughs>
Um, yeah, so I, I want to give you an opportunity to give your closing remarks. But before I do that, I want to throw in a little fun fact. Um, you would be one of the youngest senators currently serving if you were elected in March and then November. So there's a little fun. Oh, fact. is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You would All be, right. I think, don't quote me on this, but I think you would be the second or third youngest. Just John Ossoff is really young. Uh, oh, that's right. The guy from uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cool. All right, great. So nice. I want to give you the opportunity to, you know, say anything that you want to say before you go, give your final message, closing remarks. Um, yeah, just that uh, with our campaign, we're going to need a lot of help. This is my first time doing this. Um, I'm learning as I'm going, and I do believe I'm doing everything that I need to do to be competitive to help get Bob Menendez out of office. Um, but if people want to volunteer, if they want to intern, if they want to help the campaign, if they want to donate, uh, just go to jcforjersey.com and you can find all the information there. And we're going to need a lot of help with this thing. You know, it's it's a major undertaking and we can't ever really count Bob Menendez out because you know he's been in this situation before. So uh, we have to really drive this home and make sure that he's done for good. Absolutely. Now our listeners have a little to-do list. Huh? They can, they can uh, once they're done with this, they can go to JC for Jersey, you said? Yep. JCforjersey.com. Jersey. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Um, and yeah, I just to thank you for having me on today. This was really oh, of great. Course. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate I really appreciate it. it. Yeah. Hey, I'd be happy to come back when it gets a little bit closer. I mean, we, right, we still have about eight months. That sounds yeah, excellent. Let me know. All right. Thanks a lot, Ben. Have a great day. You too, buddy.